Welcome to Non-Fungible Rebels, a podcast where creators, tech, internet culture, crypto, and marketing meet each other. It's me, Annie Alexander, and in each episode, me and the Rebels will have a real unscripted talk, share genuine opinions, and show raw emotions. Should we start? Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Non-Fungible Rebels. Uh, hey, I mean, it's not very often when I'm having the same guest over for the second time or third time. So it's it's usually not very, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not doing it um, much these days. Uh, but for those who have been listening to, you know, watching the podcast, uh, most probably you remember Corrales. Coachella here back in the I don't even remember when was it like a year and a half ago or something like that a Um, good year at least yeah yeah it's been a while uh and I asked him to come back because you know uh on socials and during our discussions after the the podcast it felt like you know we're really on the same page about many things uh and usually the things that we're on the same page are not popular opinions and i love talking about stuff that is not popular these days so um so yeah uh corrales is the founder of brand new voices and will you know he'll describe what it is exactly at one point um but yeah let's just roll welcome back corrales how are you doing thank you <laughs> thank you ani yeah it's great to be back and um as always i think we always have pretty spicy takes on the space and that's always fun i think and Hopefully it's entertaining for people to <laughs> to watch as well. And I like your shirt, by the way. Unfollow people in real life. That's cool. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I, I great... had another. I had another <laughs> I like one which said "No time for fake people" on the previous episode, and the guest <laughs> and the guest made it like a highlight of the, the episode. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, you know, I just recall that I have a collection of those with different messages. So I was like, okay, yeah. let's just make it a thing <laughs> from now on. But yeah, thank you. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I'm 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 really kind of you know I really like fresh perspectives and and kind of you know it's 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 sort of meaningless to to talk about the same thing over and over again especially if everyone else is already talking about it from the same angle so uh, so i think approaching it from different angles and also kind of talking about stuff that people are not voicing out is is important because that's how you you know reveal uncomfortable truths that's how you get out of the comfort zone and that's how eventually you grow otherwise you keep doing the same thing the same way and getting the same results so um so i think yeah that's that's kind of why I'm I'm thinking that you know guests like you are important for the podcast. So um so do you want to start by saying what brand new voices is about and then we can roll from there. Yeah um well thank you and and it's great to be back on the show again and um you know brand new voices is is really um you know it's it's a sort of like I like to call it like a way of life more than anything because it's it's really about you know, empowerment in the Web3 space through storytelling and uh, marketing and, um, you know, culture. Storytelling has become probably the biggest thing um, in the last year. Of And uh, so I ran a, a, a cohort uh, course called Human Marketing. So this kind of term that I coined about, um, you know, this idea of that, you know, marketing um needs a 
more human, you know, I mean, a lot of people are talking about this. This is not new, a new concept. Um, but it's, I think what's my take on it is that web three, especially has very unique properties in it that are not fully explored yet that can attach to this idea of, of human marketing, meaning like it's a combination of a lot of things like storytelling, culture, heritage, um, and, and, and these, these are based on things. I didn't just like pull these out of my hat. Like these are based on a lot of like consultancy and things that I've been doing in the space with founders and teams, communities over the last you know year or two and on LinkedIn and putting out content about that. The, you know, if you look at what's happening to me, like the bright spots in, in web three are not necessarily in the us or europe they are happening in places where i call where the storytellers live so emerging markets latin america africa india mm-hmm. um asia all throughout asia um and uh the middle east so you know there's a reason for that and i i started i've, I've worked on i worked with a uh, jewelry designer um, from pakistan last year and we were exploring um, using Islamic art um, to to define the brand and mm-hmm. the story of Islamic art and culture um, yeah. versus the products, right? So we wanted to lead with the story and, and art and history. So we did a lot of deep dives into like, um, you know, into, into you know, old, going back to the Ottoman Empire and is, is early Islamic art and what it meant and how it traveled and what are the, what are the, um, significance of, you know, things like the star and you know, icon icons and things like that, that, that are found all throughout Islamic art. Mm. And yep. we kind of came across this project called Islamic coin, which you, you may have heard of it. It's like, it's a, um, I think you mentioned it on the previous right. podcast. Yeah. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. So, so Islamic coin is a, you know, a crypto, you know, I, I don't, I don't frankly know all of the details I'm in their discord, but, but what's interesting is like, just to get to the, the mean potatoes of it is like, what you see happening is a, a convert their, their mapping on their culture and even their religion onto blockchain in a way that's I've never seen before. And like for a big project of, you know, this is a, you know, multi-million dollar project that is well-funded. So, so you have to think when I started seeing that, I started, I started looking at other areas, what's going on in like, say Japan, which is Mm -hmm. a technically a not emerging market. It's one of the, you know, kind of a first world quote unquote market. But, um, when I started exploring, why does, why does Japan have a web three team dedicated web three team? They don't, and they don't shy away from calling it web three, by the way, which is very contrary to what you hear in the West in, in the U S and especially like yeah. on LinkedIn and stuff and people saying, we have to stop saying web three. They have, a, they're, <laughs> they're leaning into the term and you see it in the middle East too. They lean into web three. They don't lean out of it. So why, why uh-huh. is that happening? And that to me is, is because they're attaching a deeper why and mission um, which is what I love, you know, have, I've always been exploring in the space of like, what's the mission of crypto, not just what, what is yeah. it able to, what is it able to do? Yes. That's, that's, that's what everyone talks about, like freedom. And it represents 
you know, financial freedom and transactions across borders. And these are all part of that. But I feel like those are just very surface level. You have to really get into the cultural heritage storytelling because that's that's where we find, you know, if you go back to economics and old, old you know, uh, the beginnings of economics, it's a, it, they, they were exploring what does money mean in the first place? What, what is the value of money itself? Why does it exist? And I think that's what we're not doing in crypto. Instead, people are just surface level talking all about all of the opportunities. And that's great. <laughs> but if we don't know... Of getting meaning, rich. <laughs> yeah, ba basically, that's, that's what I think. Yeah. And I, Look, that's the narrative. That's the only story. Yeah. That's there's one story. Yeah. Like, you <laughs> know, here is you're gonna yeah. generational wealth in the near future if you get involved it, with whatever yeah, I'm doing. And, and this it. is the, I hate that term generational wealth. I'll tell you why, because I've heard it so often <laughs> in crypto and in web two in fiat. And it's like they just carried it over to crypto, which is happens a lot. They just carry over things. And don't yeah. even think about what the impact is. So now we're now crypto people are talking about generational wealth and tr da 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 da. But my point is like, what good is all this stuff if we're not talking about um, not not just generational wealth, but what does generational wealth means? It means that you give back to community. You give back to the to you don't just take from the system the pool of money your universe somehow and that's what so you like, mean you're not buying lambo with that generational wealth yeah that's and what you're look saying. it's fine <laughs> if you want to buy lambos I, I guess what i'm saying is like that there's a really big problem with taking 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 and saying well yeah. oh, this is for my family and my my little community and not extending that out to the to the world that's mm -hmm. something wrong with that because that's what got us into all of the big problems in web two and, you know, pre internet, even, you know, we're talking hundreds and thousands of years here. So yeah. why are we, why are we so anxious to, you know, and I feel like that's this whole push with all these like mass adoption maximalists, I call them like, they can't <laughs> wait to get adoption. They can't wait to, to build the next Google to do all this stuff that they, they're using web two thinking, but they shouldn't be. And that, that's, I think it's a very dangerous thing to be doing that, especially with AI now, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think, yeah, I saw your comment on, on, on the post that I made on LinkedIn about mass adoption and, yeah. Uh, and yeah, I want to briefly sort of, you know, mention LinkedIn because that's, that's where I found, discovered you, so to speak. Yeah. I came across your content. Um, and I think, you know, everything that you're saying about culture and storytelling and about this space in general, uh, your content was what basically kind of, you know, made you stand out in my feed specifically on LinkedIn, because unlike many other sort of expert opinions, which were kind of very... Um, packed with terms and sounded super smart and sort of, you know, positioning people as experts yeah. in the field, your content was very human, as you said. Like, your content was about stories, it was about culture. It was linking back to the technology. It was linking back to the space, but it was 
you know, kind of telling human stories around that and kind of humanizing that tech. And I think we don't have enough of that because um, it's kind of, you know, we either have that narrative and the stories which are very centered around the tech because people who share those are very, um, you know, passionate about the tech and they're techie people. So, you know, that's the language that they usually speak. Or it's centered around the money and sort of speculation and, and that side of the story story that dungeons are super excited about right and and i i do agree with you that there is so many there are so many things in between the two that aren't covered enough Uh, people don't really speak enough about that and unfortunately maybe because there isn't enough interest around those they are not also funded enough so you don't see many projects around that right yeah which yeah. is why it's kind of you don't have that diversity. You have like even with the in terms of investments, most of them go to stuff that is sort of you know <clears throat> capturing the most attention and the most interest. Um, so yeah, yeah, I mean, I think human stories and the culture and 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 that whole why thing, right? You know, I've been spending a lot of time these days thinking about like why the hell am I still in this space, right? Like you know, it's been six years. It's not like, you know, things have been kind of, you know, things are moving, but they're moving slower. I still, I'm interested in that gap in between the two, but, you know, it not too much is happening in there specifically. So, like, why the hell am I still even here? Like, why are people attracted to this space? Because from the outsider's view, when you look into this space, it's scary, <laughs> it's toxic, it's very overwhelming. It, it's not an easy space to come to. It's not like, you know, naturally attracting people to it. Like at least good people yeah. are not yeah, naturally attracted to it. Right? Yeah. That, that's one of the big, I think, m- the biggest mis- myths and, under- and misunderstandings of it was never about that. And I don't know why this is, this is why people have to, you have to reframe narratives all the time because I think there's a, a status quo gets built up around in, in, in the space around, well, this is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to go for mass adoption. No, that was never, there was never anyone who said that. No one, the, the Bitcoin white paper didn't didn't say, guys, mass adoption is the way we're going to do this. It had nothing to do with mass adoption. So I don't know what gives people the, what my, my belief is that these are people that, that simply don't understand the cultural underpinnings of the movement from the, big, from the get-go. They don't understand it so that they they latch on to whatever narrative is status quo and then push this narrative and it's false. It's frankly just it's 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 not only it's false, but it's it's the wrong way to build. It's the wrong yeah. way to build something that like why are you wanting to recreate everything from web two? So because so you can have the next Google, for instance, by, so by the, complicating it by putting technology this underneath makes it, zero it's, uh, sense. No one got yeah. into Web three to build Web two. It's a complete contradiction, and so people have to stop thinking that we have to reframe our our thinking around how what value is and what it means to adopt technology, where because technology doesn't get adopted, you have to attach culture and human stories to to anything whether it's money to make it appealing to people or, or yeah. 
you can forget about adoption. You might, you might get initial adoption from people. And we see it in web three all the time. People adopt, technically adopt all kinds of things. They, they drive up coins up to the billions of dollars. And then guess what happens as, as fast as it went up, it drops. Why? Because there's no, there's nothing there except price go up market adoption. Let's see if we can make this thing spread all over the world, blah, blah, blah. No, it's not going to work like that. I mean, I'm no, sorry. So, I, I get it. You, know, I, you, you, you spoke about the wrong narrative. Do you want to to walk the the listeners through the actual right one? Because you you referred back to to the Bitcoin white paper and to sort of you know the the culture and the initial vision of you know when when this whole thing was created. Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> and and you mentioned the wrong one. I don't want the wrong one to be the only thing that people will hear about. So yeah. so let's walk through the right one now. I mean, you know, look, there's no there's no right or wrong one. Technically. Yeah, well, I, I think it's I the one. Yeah, I think it's it ultimately is what I like to say is like it's up. What let's think about what you personally, and and then in connection to community and in connection to bigger things out in the world, what do you want that to become? And then I I think it's a step by step thing. It starts with you, and your like lived experiences so there's nothing to learn there's no learning except to understand yourself and know you know what what have you been through in your life whether that's and everyone obviously is going to have a different to me that's decentralization it starts inside and goes you know because we i don't i didn't live your story you didn't live mine we all have different you know versions and stories okay. and takes on things so it has to yeah. it has to come from that we have to respect the lived experience and then attach it to community values of like, is this, you know, and ask ourselves, um, and I get this, I get this to me that this is no different than how Bitcoin started. It, it, this is exactly how it started with an idea that turned into that. And it's important to understand the backdrop. This is what I think people don't get. This is the key, I think, to understanding what adoption is. The backdrop of the of the Bitcoin, the, the white paper didn't just appear. It was built on many, many years of other people building on that, first of all. So that it wasn't even that new of an idea. It was coming from decades of other people contributing to that, this idea. And then suddenly this white paper kind of appears. But it's it's important to understand when it appeared, which is at the at the the backdrop of the financial crisis of 08. So without without that backdrop, you would you would not have Bitcoin. Period. It would not be what it is today because it's critical to understand that's like block zero. And that 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 framing means that that's a very cultural and revolutionary idea that's not just about reinventing money for the sake of it. It's that yeah. it, it was built on so much pain, you know, and that, and I feel like the, unfortunately, I feel like a lot of the early, the, the early Bitcoiners lost that narrative because they got greedy because they, because frankly, they started seeing the coin go up and all of a sudden you've got guys like Michael Saylor and these guys. And I mean, it, they're fine. I mean, I've, I've learned from Saylor over the years, but I feel like in general, they're just, they're just about hoarding. They talk a good game about, you know, community values and blah, blah, blah. 
but you hear much more talk about store of value and digital gold and holding on. And there's only 21 million of these things and, and which I think is bullshit, but, but you know, okay, fine. This is scarcity, but what good is all this? Like hoarding it and getting how getting your take on it, getting how much coin you can hold, and I I just don't feel like that was ever. I don't I don't really believe that was the narrative of of Bitcoin to begin with. I think that got attached by the early Bitcoin community who didn't like Ethereum. Frankly, they didn't like the the they didn't like that that Vitalik came along and was like, let's fork, you know, Bitcoin. And, and cause I want to build stuff with Bitcoin. I don't want to just hold on to this stuff. And yeah. so Ethereum became known as kind of the builders, you know, blockchain and, and, and then token. So I think, yeah. I think a lot of that frankly came from a lot of sort of jealousy and, and kind of disgust that it was being, it's, it was being it, like the, the pool was being, you know, messed up or something like that with this yeah, altcoin uh, called Ethereum, you know? I, I think that's the thing, right? It's it's sort of, you know, everyone claims that they start with the same sort of vision and the same culture and the same kind of, you know, that the, the whole thing is revolving around the same thing. But the yeah. problem is that when you look at it, as you mentioned, like Bitcoin maxis, Ethereum maxis, they have this argument all the time and they, they, they get super passionate. They get kind of, you know, very, um, very extreme in their expressions, in their, you know, the way they argue. I mean, Twitter is kind of, you know, a whole mess because of that, the, the red laser eyes and all that stuff, right? Um, then you have different other arguments among the Ethereum altcoins. Coins, right? You know, right. my shit coin is better than your shit <laughs> yeah. coin. Uh, yeah. This meme coin is the only meme coin. All the others are just shit. I mean, right. it's it's just a whole. And then you yeah. end up with all these quote unquote communities trying to protect and promote their coin specifically, and yeah. they are doing it at an expense of trying to put all the other coins down in in that in right. comparison, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, and to me, it's like, okay, if an outsider comes to this space and they come to the space because they are attracted to the whole ethos, to, to, to the story, to the whole sort of culture, to the type of people there are in this space, and then they see these people who can't even agree about stuff, among themselves like yeah. <laughs> what does it actually talk tells about us like you know it, yeah, it's, it's it's kind of uh why should i choose and and pick just one coin and glorify that uh, yeah. just because a certain community convinced me to like why do i mean i think like part of the whole atos is about freedom of choice and you know, yeah. and and I yeah. can choose to 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 pick whatever I want, and I can p- pick more than one thing, you know, because yeah. there is. I, I feel like the problem that we're having with communities it's it's been so overused and misused term in the whole space by now um, that they have lost the actual meaning of it, and in most cases we don't have communities, we have cults. And cults are yeah. not very good, sort of, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, they have this flavor, which 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 is quite problematic. Cults around 
certain personalities is is even worse so yeah. so i don't know maybe we can elaborate a little bit because i know that kind of you know we both have spoken a lot and written a lot about communities and what it actually means and what it it is supposed to be because it feels like we had tackled this like we had the, the the best thing that we were doing up to a certain point in this space was actually building genuine communities. And then something went wrong. So so let's talk about that. Let's talk about in terms of how we imagine what should community be and then go and try to, to understand like what happened along the way. Yeah, it's it's a really I mean it's like probably the biggest question in this space, but it's also so abstract that it's difficult to you know, like, I don't think there's any one answer for it, but I think there's, there's only things that we can do, you know, that we can, we can observe and look at how do we, how, how, how does this community, our brand or whatever, um, do it in a way that we feel is, um, is, 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 is the correct way. And this doesn't mean it's correct for everyone. It just means in this community, that that's the way we do it and that will you know but it has to be built on my feeling is you have to again you have to start from the inside and then look at i think i think this the smart way to do it is to is to immediately have a sense of values mission vision values that that are owned that the community can build that together or it can be a founder led value system. Um, and it doesn't have to be explicit. I don't, I'm not saying like everyone has to go out and like, you know, put out a, a, a website statement on their website that that's not really what to me, mission vision values is, is something that should be documented, but it doesn't necessarily have to be out there talked about all the time. And so it's, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but it's good you mentioned that because I remember like I've um, I have been working in a project uh, mm -hmm. and and we had on a wall, we, we did a brainstorming session and with the team came up with our values, right? Uh, amazing values, great ones, really nice. Yeah. We put it on on a poster. We put it on a wall in a very visible place so we all could see it at all times while working. But eventually, with the time, um, you know, the the founders started doing exactly. It felt like you know they had that poster to look at it and do exactly the opposite, right? Yeah, yeah, so, that's, so, that's what so, ex yeah, explicitly <clears throat> creating that and putting it out there and talking about it versus actually, you know, walking the talk are two completely yeah. different things. So, yeah, and I and I think it, you know, I think. You you brought up community, and I think this is so important because when I the the and I'll get into a little bit of like something I'm doing now, which is this I I call this framework called the community revolution, and I did a lot of research into not had not Web three stuff, but Web two. I wanted to understand can this framework? It's a simple framework. It's like you know you it's a it's like a the Simon Sinek you know why thing. It's like three circles, you know. Yeah. The, you have yeah. the revolution at the the what I call the thirty thousand foot view. Then it's a smaller view of like a fifteen thousand foot view of what I call movements inside of that revolution. Um, mm -hmm. So like climate climate change climate could be the revolution, the big one. 
the 30,000 foot inside of climate, you have sustainability and different, mm. you know, different things that contribute to addressing the bigger thing. And then where the, where the opportunities for communities are, are inside this thing I call the 500 foot view, which is the act I call these activities. And this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where things are actually being built to address the, the, the movement, the movement and the, 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 the movement and the revolution. So the, these are things like, and they, they will almost always take the form of monetizable um, activities. And mm-hmm. um, so it's interesting because it, to me, it's a much better way to look at monetization because it's like any revolution has to be monetized, period. You have to bring money in, whether, you know, a, a, what are you talking about? A company, a, a movement, whatever you have to bring money into it and and so we see these things happening um an example is like on tiktok for instance where you'll see these um or a reddit community you'll see these communities just pop up over something really niche some some super Mm -hmm. passionate niche topic like you know it could be like you know uh you know corporate corporate people who who are all into um, sustainability. And it's just like, it's literally just for these corporate types at this, maybe this one company even. Like that's what their entire community is about. But they, so this starts to, this starts to bubble, you know, boil over at some point. And at some point the people need to, what I call, they need to build on top of a platform to monetize this revolution now that they're starting to form this thing. And because they want to attach it to something bigger and bigger. And, and so you see it like on TikTok where creators are like, for instance, um, there's something called the, the, the um, circular economy. I don't know if you're aware, like it's this term, like basically like selling used clothes, like it's been around forever, like eBay, but kind of Gen Z has, has taken a different approach to it. And it, there's a lot of like, selling of clothing um used clothing but but it's interesting there's a story there's usually a story attached to it it's not just used clothing they have a story attached to that like i you know i've had this since i was a baby and you know and then they mm-hmm. they they end up selling making money and they're motivated to do this because they believe in the sustainability movement that's attached yeah. to the revolution. So that's where the I call this monetizing. These are the monetization pieces, and they're happening all over. And and so when I did this framework, I I I looked at like big brands like Apple, for instance. And Apple has these things called DNA networks that they've had for like 40 years, 35 years. And that's interesting because they're 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 underneath the brand. And no one not a lot of people know about these communities. They're huge. They're, 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 they're sub, they're like, they're kind of like Reddit communities that Apple has built and they, they run on their own in a lot of ways. So they have like, they're usually based around identity, like, you know, you know, black at Apple, women at Apple, um, indigenous at Apple. It's usually an identity uh, based thing, but there's all kinds of things. There's like coders at Apple and kids at Apple and parents of kids, blah, 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 goes on and on. So there's all these little sub niches. And, and essentially, these are 
I think what people misunderstand about brand is that these are the communities that are actually building the values, the mission, and they're enforcing it through communities. And that's yeah. what I'm getting at is like, we don't see that as the consumer doesn't see it. They don't see that stuff. But what's actually happening is their mission, vision, values are constantly being reinforced through these community activities. Then they go back to the brand through the, usually through the product. So like in Apple's case, they're, they're building on using an iPhone, for instance. So they're, what, what indigenous at Apple might be using the iPhone to do certain things for that community mission. So that's that's yeah. that, that's their version of a builder's platform is actually Apple's own platform. But but you can see how if you do that, you can see how that can sustain that that's what truly makes mission vision values. It, because it mm -hmm. reinforces it again and puts it out into the real world, touching real people, building real things, meet yeah. lots of meaning. And leaving it on daily basis. Yeah, basically. all the time. Right. It's a Together. constant yeah. evolutionary, yeah. it never stops. And and in all those communities you see very strong mission, vision, and value statements on all of them. And I think that's very important to understand is they 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 say they they don't just talk talk the talk. They're they've got quotes, they've got they've got programs built inside of these communities that are reinforcing those value systems. And I think Web3 yeah. can take a lot of knowledge from that um, and, and, and just go, okay, we can do that too. We, we just have to understand I, that communities have to band together, create ecosystems, and then yeah. form. That's where products are going to come from and adoption. You know? Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I'll play devil's advocate here in a sense that communities are very strong in, in the Web3 space but yeah. in most cases those are communities of speculators right. and in most cases the mission is very <laughs> individual and egocentric so you know we kind of touched this term like you know generational wealth or kind of yeah. you know and also talked about the cults that form around a certain coin and I think what happens in these cases, because it's very individual and very sort of, you know, greedy and egocentric mission, which is kind of to pump the coin so we can make more money, right? Each yeah. of us can make more money. Uh, they do unite around that mission together. They do create memes. Right. They do create, you know, social media content. They do talk on Twitter spaces for hours and hours in a row, like they do some, you know, put time and effort into this thing. I feel like the problem with it is that 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 mission and that value system and what they are after is is. I mean, I wouldn't say wrong, but like is not the one that would yeah. bring as a result those products and services and businesses and sustainable models and kind of you know the community yeah. that is that is not going to be dependent on the coins price in terms of whether yeah, they will it, still be around or not, right? Yeah, so they kind of know how to <clears throat> do stuff together. Yeah. Um, right. But the reasoning behind it, that the mission and the values are kind of different. Yeah, the, then the, and the reason that, I, that I've sort of, again, like going through doing this framework has been like really enlightening. And because I've, I've seen the real problem with that is that, none of those activities 
empower the individual in that like so if i'm in this community and and a lot and i'm sitting here and i'm pumping up coins i'm going into twitter spaces i'm convincing people to buy this token or whatever my my job is that's not to me that's just not what community is about community is about empowering individuals mm -hmm. where they're at and and um allowing them to transform on a daily and that means that so when we talk about like what's the utility you should be a community should be you should be getting utility every single day you're in the community so it has nothing yeah. to do with what the problem with web3 i think communities is they think that that the value and the worth is based on how well did that community pump up this coin or did they get the product yeah. at walmart was that a success yes or no these are not that's not community i'm sorry that what that is is a cheerleading squad for brand that's that's if that's what it's, your objective is fine that i'm not i'm it, not against it yeah it's, it's like ambassadors for the brand it's the ambassadors for the brand but the problem is like you know if again going back to the mission and values and 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 vision uh like you know you can cheer for a brand absolutely but in in most cases in web3 we don't even know what the brand is about apart from the coins price that's the issue like you know uh, yeah, very I, I often would, you don't even know what to cheer for and I would, like what I would is say, the brand story there is I, no story I would argue behind against, it like i i don't like i would argue against there should be no cheering for any brand because i don't i think the okay. actually the really good brands understand that's not what they're about anyway that's they they're not they're not they don't want to be cheered on for the brand they want they would because like, they are not the heroes of the story they're not right? the heroes. Like, they, they would like the yeah they would like the communities that they empower i'm talking about i'm not talking about not all brands think this way but i think the good yeah. ones do to cheer each um, other they they want to empower say a um you use their brand values to go help out let's say it's a nonprofit and in a community that's doing something they'll partner with them the, the the whole point of that is to pass on their brand values and to see how can we help them through our value systems and empower them right there and then it really has nothing to do with the product it doesn't have anything to do with the brand not the product it's it's that it, it has to do with the brand only in the sense that these are their value systems that's what you should be passing on in the community not your product and not for an objective of let's see if we can get something to go do something to go create like yeah. can we make and i've heard i've heard a lot of web3 on twitter i've heard some pretty influential like web3 community guys that are talking about this model that i think is completely wrong which is that they really believe that the secret to web3 communities and nfts especially is to use the ip in a way <clears throat> that pumps up that thing so that you can go get your product in this store or you can go win something <laughs> and then the theory here's the problem it's a big theory the theory is based on if that happens the holders will benefit either directly or over time as this thing grows but you've got a big problem now the problem is that it's all dependent on the product now because you've put product first 
actually not putting community first. You're putting product first and saying, if that product fails, the community is going to suffer. But for sure, your IP is going to suffer. Your community members are going to suffer. And guess what happens then? Then the community members rise up and go, how come you're selling? Uh, you you guys are selling shit back to us. We just paid $15,000 for that, that PFP. And you're, now you've got another project for us that you want us to put money in. What is this thing doing for me? Because they're, they're, you, have, you have framed everything in a product-first mindset, a, a, a marketplace mindset. And that's, it's, frankly, it's very bad. I, I think it's like the worst thing you could do to any community because you've, you've, you've not empowered them individually you've created a bunch of people who are cheerleaders to go make a product, go do something in the world. And you can't make a product, go do something. <laughs> a product has yeah. to be adopted by users and people who want to actually use the that's, thing. That's you exactly know? what I was going to say that, you know, people should think about how to create communities of future users mm-hmm. versus community of speculators. Because <laughs> When you look at it from that angle, when you're targeting, sort of, you know, trying to to gather around you a community of future users who not only share your mission and values, et cetera, but also can help you understand what they actually want and need, you will end up building together whatever they are waiting for. So by the time it's out in the market, you will not be looking around who are you going to find and where to sell the product to, you will already yeah. have people eagerly, impatiently waiting for it to come out so they can use it because they ha- have felt that ownership and belonging and they were involved in the process. So you ended up building that thing specifically for the community, not just for the mass market. In, in Right. Uh, the, the community has to be able to, any, any kind of product that is, <clears throat> is, is, a result of the community should be used by that community to elevate each member all the time forever. And that's, that's what I think is missing in, and, and usually that has to do with education. So, you know, frankly, putting out content for the community is going to be that, that helps them achieve a transformation in their life so that they can become a hero and, and then build their own communities. That's what you should aim for. Not, a prod the product is just the the result of all that stuff so they're really going about it the wrong way because they're not basically what happens in these nft communities they don't find they don't have product market fit so because they don't have the fit they force the they want to force the fit through the community they go we we don't we want to skip all of the product market fit part what we want to do is send our our 10,000 members strong community to go and push this thing forward so we don't want to. We don't all want all that messy user, you know, UX and understanding <laughs> the the storytelling of the product. No, no, no. We don't why, want that. We why just bother? Want, yeah. <laughs> we just want them, our community, to go push, the, ram this thing through, so that it looks like it has value. But but in truth, all it has value for is maybe three thousand of those holders. And the only reason they want that thing to happen is because they want money back. They don't really care. Do you think they care about the product? They don't give a shit about the product. I don't think by the time that most of the PFP 
holders were buying their NFT, they actually knew what the product was, to be yeah, fair. They, 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 uh, and yeah. and only post-factum <clears throat> when, you know, I, I mean, the, the way I see this is PFP projects, their business model was to sell NFTs. That yeah. was, the NFT was their product. And then the the idea was that they would release additional collection on top of it, and then another collection, and that was the whole, you know, model yeah. of 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 why they existed in general, which was highly dependent on the market. And as soon as the yeah. bear market came, people were no longer right. interested and stopped buying those NFTs. So now, when it right. doesn't work anymore, only now they sat back and started thinking, okay. Whatever we thought about, we milked the cow until the yeah. end. It doesn't work anymore. What can we do with what we already have at the yeah. moment, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and then artificially starting <clears throat> coming up with things which don't fit because they weren't meant to be there in the first place, right? So their pro even these new products that they're talking about, that product didn't even exist. So the community was not really you know, emotionally invested or, you know, was not even buying that product. So you will never know if they even needed it at the first place, right? Yeah, yeah so, that, that's uh, the issue. They don't They don't need it. There's no real need for it. What the, what they're framing is, is that they would like the proceeds from that, the sales of those things to come back to them. But that's, that's not, yeah. a, that's not product mark. That's, that's the most perverted version of product i could think of is like that you just want to see what's my return on this thing if if i can manage yeah. to convince someone to buy this what is my return that it's, that it's is, good you mentioned that because like you know return is the right thing you, yeah. you mentioned like the right term because most of these people consider themselves investors you know, they don't, they are not thinking that they are actually token buyers, like from, from the business, like from the sort of deal perspective, like from, from, from the purchase and, and, and sale perspective, basically the deal was you pay me crypto, I, I send the NFT, the token to your wallet. As yeah. soon as the transaction is complete, theoretically, the, that, that's it. Like, you know, the deal has been yeah. done. It's complete. No one owes anyone anything anymore, you know, from the technical perspective, right? I'm not talking about the morals and ethics and all the promises that they gave and all that stuff, just yeah. from that perspective. So all you <clears throat> did was you bought a token um, and it was your decision. That's it. You were not an investor. No one promised you any stake in the company or whatever. You were not promised any royalties, you know, any part of the, you know, profit and all that stuff. But that's the whole thing that even the mindset is not the right one. Like they think no, they are the investors. You know, they have the same expectations and it's as yeah, investors. These, as these result, are not, right? That's not even the definition of investing. That that that's pure speculation. There's a huge, you know, people. A lot yeah. of people don't even they don't understand speculation versus investment. And that's not just in Web threes. That's just in general. People don't understand. They use these terms like interchangeably. They don't even know that they're. They don't know that when they're speculating, they're they call that investment and vice versa. But these are completely different concepts. Like. You know, there's a there's a famous um, I forget the name of the book, but it, but it it's about um, it's essentially this this 
it's this, it's a very old kind of idea about what's called like value investing. And, and this is more, this is true investing where you research things and companies or founders of teams, or, you know, there's a lot of different, different metrics to use to look at, but essentially it's like, it has nothing to do with the market price. It has nothing to do with where they're sitting in their, their market cap or anything like that. It's just simply about, is this, are these good people, first of all? But secondly, what is, do they have the ability to make an impact on the world in a way that yeah. is beneficial? Because assets, you know, assets have to be tied to something beneficial, period. And that, so now it's like, well, what is the benefit? Okay, now we're getting into the interesting stuff. The benefits of any asset should be giving back to community and a a bigger narrative than just making shareholders rich. That's not th- this might be what capitalism has has turned into, but this was not the original capitalist, you know, theory was not about that. In fact, a lot of a lot of early capitalism theor- theory was about that money is a uh, a social contract and and so therefore we buy goods and services based on uh how how does that give back to the collective good of like say a country and mm-hmm. we've forgotten that it, capitalism has gotten very far away from that in general um and so if you even bring that shit up these days you're called some i don't know what they call maybe you're called a branded a socialist or something like that mm-hmm. Yeah. There's always these yeah, dirty words that. that people like to, yeah. you know, oh, you're, you're, you're not a real capitalist. Well, the fact is they, they don't even know what a capitalist is. And so, and, and there are, it, it's become, and, and let's, let's just face it. That stuff got ported into web two or from web two and it got, got stuffed okay. into web from three. Web two so web that's three, why yeah. I think there's a, immediately there was a sense of this is how investing works. Investing is about, doing these activities that you speculate, but that's not, and so now where, where is the common good for the space? Where did, I, yeah. why did Bored Apes, Bored Apes is a great example of how, how misguided they think that the space is about, which is let's create a brand. Let's get VC money, a lot of it. Let's create a brand around this, which we didn't really need because we already had plenty no, of it. No one right? needed this, and, uh, and which so is very and important said, point. Not only that, once they got the VC money, they said, "Hmm, what else can what what else can we do with this money? Let's buy up the most storied NFT in in the space. Let's buy them. Let's buy those guys out so that we have control. Oh, but we'll we'll make it look like." They have, well, you know, we're we're all about community here. No, come on. They bought the punks. They 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 wanted that control over to say board apes is the NFT that runs the space. That yeah. that to me is like I would the say most damages consolidated, the space, but yeah, <laughs> totally cons- total consolidation, right? And so, how does that? How did that activity benefit the greater Web three space? How it didn't. That... It, exactly. It, it, it absolutely didn't. Uh, and I think that's that's the thing. Like you mentioned, like 
porting things from Web 2 to Web 3. And I was like, you know, in in my latest um, newsletter, I I had this whole kind of... uh, musings and thoughts and things that were kind of boiling inside me and I shared uh, about the fact that I'm I'm really sad that I feel like there are less and less projects in this space that have a soul left it's kind of you know a lot of soulless stuff happening and 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 the soul of the space is slowly dying and the reason for that the way I see this is because, you know, in the very beginning, as you said, like, you know, during the Bitcoin white paper times in the, in the very beginning, people who are truly passionate about and who, who were, uh, you know, understanding the vision and the mission and the story and value wise were really resonating with it, uh, came into the space where there was no money to be made yet, like not at least yeah. all of it, a lot of it. They came into the space because they were truly passionate about it, right? And then what happened with the time and what happens now is that we ended up with um, this kind of, you know, dream of decentralization, a dream of the whole ethos that it was built upon. But at the end of the day, it got back to the, you know, a, a different version of 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 one centralized web to think because we ended up with again, as you said, the VC money and the VC funds coming and controlling because they realized during the ICO time, VCs were really isolated. They couldn't really play the game. They didn't really get it yet because it was very, very fresh. And I remember personally, I had conversations with them. They were very, very angry because they felt like they were losing their importance, right? Uh, one cycle went away. On the second cycle, they already got the experience. They already found out like about the space a bit more. They jumped in, right? They jumped in. So they started investing. They started controlling all these brands eventually that started by themselves, like Board Apes and many others. So you had some, you had going back to the centralization from that perspective, from 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 where the the funds yeah. were coming. And obviously whoever pays, they kind of control the, the narrative and the rules of the game, right? Then you ended up also kind of with centralized entities around centralized exchanges, which are highly yeah. regulated. And again, yeah. like, you know, that entity controls sort of, you know, they too can restrict your account. They too can ask yeah. for ver- and they have see yeah. all that stuff, right? So you ended up with that. Then the NFT artists were, which were kind of you know trying to get away from the gatekeepers and middlemen, ended up with institutions like OpenSea. So so then yeah. slowly, you know, through different verticals, we ended up with a web three version of web two and did a full circle and ended up where what we were trying to escape basically uh which is uh yeah Yeah. i don't know uh and maybe that's exactly the the reason partially the reason for that is everything that we spoke about and that gap between those two things of kind of you know the the initial source of inspiration and and how it all started to this extreme speculative sort of you know extreme mm-hmm. place that we are at and and the vacuum in between uh due to the wrong narratives the wrong stories the wrong communities um you know uh mm-hmm. the the sort of you know different type of 
vision and mission, uh, and essentially like you know lack of soul as a result. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think you know if we're talking about sustainability and and moving forward, um, I, I really think like it ha- we have to look at things like you know go beyond community and look at ecosystems because this is more in alignment with you know, where the economy is headed globally. And we see ecosystems forming around, um, you know, joint like communities that share interests or sh- communities that have um, certain like goods and services that benefit the other community. And then they start to form ecosystems around this. And that's, you know, this is what I think, we see, you know, there, there's a book called The Ecosystem Economy by um, the some of the top McKinsey um, analysts. And it's really interesting because it that, that book really helped me re- really look at Web3 in a whole different way. They, they address Web3 and DeFi actually, um, DeFi specifically, which is interesting as a, as a what they call um, an eco, a potential ecosystem player in in a really really big way but it's got a, it's potential but it's we just don't know enough of the impact yet or or it hasn't happened yet but but it's interesting because i think what they lay out a case for is that you know for the last couple decades things have been converting into ecosystems where consumers join um say apple or amazon they they're they're basically as soon as they get they they come in through a very narrow thing like on Amazon you want to you know you want to buy stuff you you find something cheaper than whatever somewhere else so you start to get into this habit right but what what's really happening is ecosystems start to form around those consumer led activities mm-hmm. and so you know, now that's why Amazon now is in healthcare. They have a pharmacy now. They have, right, they have all the, they have servers. They have AWS. That was never in the original plan, but it's it's through consumer, consumer-led uh, desires that they began to acquire, they, they began to build their own kind of, you could call them communities, product communities around um, like, AWS formed because they needed to solve really big server problems because they didn't want to rent servers from Intel or whatever. Cause I, that, yeah. that w- they just knew like, that's just not going to be how we want it done for our, our consumer base. We know our consumers. And so Bezos, you know, was always, that's why he talks so much about the, con- the customer, the customer, the customer, because it led to all of this ecosystem yeah. building. And so this is this is happening obviously with Apple, the App Store. When they introduced the App Store, the the ecosystems formed with de- third party developers and Apple to form a, basically people people get locked into the iPhone because they yeah. might want they like some particular third party app. Not necess- they might not love the iPhone, but they love that app from a third party developer that runs on the iPhone. Yeah, so, it's harder to get out of it. Yeah. Yeah, and that those are that's what we see happening all, everywhere. It, uh, Tesla is doing it um, with obviously now Twitter uh, in in China and Asia. Super apps. They have these super apps where you 
you know, you do, you've got car ride sharing services, food delivery, um, uh, buying and selling marketplace stuff. And now guess what? Web three is coming into those too. They have wallets. They're building custom. And this is where I think it, where I started to go. This is what makes, this is real. This is how adoption is going to work. It's going to come through custom built solutions for that particular ecosystem of, of players in that ecosystem. It's not going to be a universal, like our country adopts crypto or the United States now yeah. accepts crypto. <laughs> we're, we're not in that kind of economy. We don't, we don't live in that. We, we live in a, an economy that collects data on people and their behaviors. And that didn't exist at the dawn of countries creating themselves. It was just, uh, here's a country and we have a money that represents our country, period. That, that's, that's our money system. U.S. dollar, okay. But that, this is not, now we're borderless. We, we can, so crypto is perfect for this because it's borderless. But this also means we have to understand it's a vast, it's like a, 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 a it's like a forest, a rainforest of different, different options, different cryptos, different blockchains that are going to be customized for that ecosystem. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I I agree with you. I think it's kind of you know, um, we we end up serving, like coming up with ideas of e either inventing problems or coming up with problems that only like Web three people have in the Web three setup, uh, which is why we, we we sort of keep self serving and then kind of stealing users from one to another because that, that we have that limited pool of users which shrinks drastically during there and then grows a little bit yeah. you know, uh, more during the hype cycle uh, but I feel like the way I'm I'm seeing this is you should think about certain communities or ecosystems that you want to serve you should yeah. identify like the, the biggest pain point, just as you said, Bitcoin, right? It came at a time when the pain was aching so bad that there was, you know, it would just flourish at that certain moment. So you pick the ecosystem and the community, you yeah. pick the, you know, the, the most painful pain point that just, you know, you, you, you can solve. You figure out how the technology can, can solve that in a way that would I don't know, make the experiences better or whatever it is. Like, you know, does does the technology actually make sense? Because very often people put that technology artificially where, where it's not even needed and then it just complicates stuff, right? Figure out how to solve it with the technology and then go and serve those communities. Not and and that's yeah. when and, and make it so user-friendly they don't even know that the heck is underneath. That's the way I see this, right? And if yeah. all these different communities and founders that are passionate about different things go and pick up their own web two communities that they want to serve, one by one, group by group, that's how it will spread around. Otherwise, it's yeah. kind of, you know, if if people keep opening, I don't know, DeFi exchanges uh, one after the other or, you know, working right. on different features yeah. about stuff that is very, very web three centric, I just, yeah, I mean, uh, you just target the web three people and, yeah, and that's and, it. And know? there might be, there might be 
there there could well be a lot of exchanges, but they're for very particular. They're small exchanges for that particular ecosystem. They, it's kind of like a a banking kind of setup where a community, a, a bank in a certain community that serves that community, and and they're connected to bigger stuff. Like you know, they're connected to federal banking system, but really they in an ideal, like, I'm not saying this is how it's actually set up, but ideally, and I believe this is how it was supposed to work, is that this community bank caters to the specific needs of that community. And they provide very certain services that other places cannot do. But they're protected by federal, the federal government protects them through like in certain big ways, like they don't they they don't let them go bankrupt. Um, things that's, like that. That's how it works, right? right. I, I think like recently you have this trend where you have sort of you know specialized banks specifically for entrepreneurs or you know yeah. small businesses or specifically for certain sort of minority groups and all that stuff, and and they try to tailor things to right. to it, their specific needs. It makes sense, um, which is good. Yeah, I mean yeah, they, they for example the one that I know is. Um, for uh, small business owners and and what they do mm. is uh, you know if you use their bank account for your business it generates your tax return and right. and just things that you you need to deal with as as a business owner obviously like you know it's more convenient obviously you would like to use that because at the end of the day like banking is not a service or a product that creates any kind of emotional connection like no one is passionate about their bank account but you know if it has no, a certain it, it features it, that are for you but, then it, you know but this that's the that's i think we have though that that's not always that that's what it has become um you know cuz so i you know my my other non dgen job is bank community small bank marketing and and this is what, what i learned like is that it wasn't always this way. And, and in fact, a lot of early banking was about this sense, just like kind of web three aspired to be this community run thing. That's kind of what the vision was now along the way, obviously, you know, things happen and it becomes a corrupt system. And now, and that, that leads up to the, the uh, probably it leads up to the great recession of 08. And then now the Bitcoin story starts, which I think is a really kind of a cool way to look at how, how the yeah. transition is happening. It, there's a big need for it because in a lot of ways, Bitcoin is saying, let's go back to that. Let's go back to the, let's go back to the early internet, the days of exploration and where we, we're about community solutions and and we'll provide the monetary the new money for that system but we have to kind of yeah. go back we got to get back to it we'll, we're we're building a new technology stack but it also serves the old way of the original ethos yeah. of the internet so that's it needs it, to start with a reset, yeah. which which we didn't do a like, complete reset. Probably that's why it's kind right. Of, yeah, but, but I think it's a great it's a great way to look at this Web two to Web three transition. That th- this is essentially a dead. It, it there's no more of this model where you have these universal solutions. Period. 
You don't have, we don't, yeah. we don't see them anywhere. So why? Maybe there is no need for that universal solution per se. Like, you know, who said yeah, it needs to be like that? Which, which perplexes me why so many Bitcoin people think that they literally call it, it's going to be a universal coin as if this is the one currency in the whole world. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, that doesn't why? make no sense. Like it goes against the entire ethos of decentralization. It, it doesn't make sense. It's called that's centralization. I don't. Okay. I don't so <laughs> to, to wrap this up, I, I think we covered tons of stuff. And covered I think lot, like, yeah. you know, what, what I loved is that we didn't really speak so much about stuff that others are already talking about, yeah, which was like yeah. the main, the whole purpose of, of this whole conversation uh, to, to provoke some thought and kind of, you know, to make people look at things from different angles and kind of maybe get curious to, to explore a bit more um, and, and move like their gaze a little bit away from pure speculation and, and, and sort of think that, yeah, it's not only that there are other things around this as well that I can explore potentially. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's kind of where we ended up with. Um, and obviously we spoke about loads of stuff that we're not super happy about the space. So I guess it would be kind of, you know, logical to, to wrap it up by maybe having any ideas of how, we like any of the person who is in this space at the moment, how can we make this space better? I mean, I think you have to, I mean, building is, is the solution, but everyone says that like build the builders are building. I, I think though you, you have to be intentional obviously about the building and have a, have a, a mission that's not just about the product. So I think that's where people go wrong is they think they're building so that they can promote some sort of web, some blockchain solution or some sort of, they want to, they're very, they're itching to present this new thing. But I would say in, in product development, you know, like the, even the best ideas, they're only, I, it's once that idea is formed, it can take many, it, it can it, it, it's the community now has to take over that idea and turn it into something. So you always have to serve the community first. And so even if you come with a great idea, I would say builders have to be aware that that's just an idea, no matter how much, I don't care if you've worked on it for five years or 10 years or 20 years, you cannot come at that and say, this is a solution I'm going to bring to marketplace. That's not the right, that's not the way to bring anything yeah. to, to market. Because all you have is the idea and that's powerful. And you are the guide to your, your job is to be the guide to make that thing come out, but the community has to ultimately build it. They, they yeah. have to be, build it themselves. I, I agree with people. you. I agree with you because I have met many founders who, who ended up speaking to community people and to marketing people after they've built the whole yeah, thing, like two no, years later, wrong, wrong way in to order to discover that no one actually needs what they've built yep. and they are the only ones who are super passionate about it. Exactly. And they're like, no, 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 no. You just need to let people know that it's there. They yeah, will right. fall yeah, in love no. with it immediately. And oh, I'm yeah. like, yeah, <laughs> you did fall in love with it immediately, but it's it's your idea, yeah. it's your baby, but no one really needs it. So, yeah. so I agree with you. 
you uh, totally. Um, it was really nice chat. I, I truly oh. enjoyed it. I was, uh, yeah, I was kind of, you know, looking at Twitter and, and LinkedIn and my DMs uh, in between. And uh, yeah, those who were watching, they, they enjoyed it too. I can nice. attest oh, to were that. We, were we live on a, on a, st- a streaming live somewhere? Or? Yeah, we were. We oh, were stream, okay. streaming on know. LinkedIn and Twitter. <laughs> awesome. I thought you did. You, you did now. I, okay. I don't know. I just, I well, just come on. Maybe. I, I just said, "Where's the link for me to come on?" And I want to talk to Annie. And... Maybe it's better <laughs> that way. So you were kind of, you know, without filters. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Anyway, so so yeah, it was really nice to speak to you, and um, yeah, I really enjoyed the the topics, um, and really nice to reconnect. Uh, okay. Thank you, everyone, for watching and listening to the recording on on the audio podcast, and see you all next week. Cheers. That's all that I've got for you today. If you want more of my content, please check out my newsletter at anialexander.com backwards slash subscribe. And I'll see you in the next episode.